2: Can't get enough of the fan in the morning? Shown up. Because this is nothing like
1: that. It's working. Al and Jerry are here with stories they'd never get to cover on the morning show. Very sexy robot. Hey, look at that pig. Shenanigans. Naked yoga. My mother had a bad experience with these ghosts. Let's hump the fence. It's Al and Jerry's post-game podcast. All right, I got the thumbs up from Edward. That means we get to go. Today, Eddie is inside. He will rejoin me tomorrow as Al is off. Today, we've got the Flegelman method. Legal man, uh, his name is Flegs. Fleg, Mike, Mike, Flegal. What's up, Mike? What's up, Jerry? How you doing? I'm all right. Tired. You come loaded with information today and topics? Yeah, not quite. Oh, again, we went over this. That's supposed to be your job. I have one for you. So I am going to... Why are you so tired, by the way?
3: Oh, I couldn't sleep last night. So you were the up to the night? internet, cable, everything's... Of course, you know, internet, cable, go out. Can't make the appointment until tomorrow. I think, you know what? I'll just go to sleep early. What else is there to do? Couldn't sleep.
1: Oh. Yeah, I know how that goes. Been there, done that. Again, you're on that weird overnight schedule a lot of times. Well,
3: and this summer, going back for one week overnight, yeah, one know. week with you guys. One week overnight, one week with you guys. I always wonder. It's when you bring that up. I always wonder, like,
1: how cops do it. So my one of my neighbors is a cop, and he's got the whole. You know, sometimes he'll work. I forget how or no. Like, some
3: he, of them do like four days on, four off. De-
1: yeah, them and EMT drivers. Oh, how about nurses and the, even the long firemen. shifts they work? Yeah, even doctors, like emergency room doctors work these 20-hour shifts. Right, the I'm,
3: most important jobs out there, and now, they're asked to work 16-plus hours straight.
1: I do think they get their rest, and I do think they have sleeping rooms. But it's not like you're sleeping eight hours and going to work for eight hours. I don't know. I always wonder like how people get through that because whenever I have days, like mostly— Almost every Friday, I'm up from 2.30 a.m. until somewhere around midnight, I would say. And by the end of the day, I am gassed. And some people do that routinely. Right. I mean, I've had
3: days working this show, especially, like you said, Friday, where, you know, I'm up at 1 o'clock. And then going through the next day, I'm still out, and it's 12.30 a.m., thinking like, oh, all right, we're about to hit 24 hours, and I am nowhere close to being home.
1: When I was younger, um, I used to, when I worked the overnights here full-time... I used to, kind of what what McMonagle's going through right now, I found on Sundays I would get up whenever I got up. I always set the alarm. I never, I hate sleeping in because I feel like I waste the morning. But the latest I would sleep in would be like nine o'clock. So figure I woke up between eight and nine on Sunday. And then I would have a day and I'd go to work because I was okay after sleeping normal on Saturday night. Friday night was always a struggle, but I could always sleep on Saturday night. And I always found that when I hit that 26 hour mark, that was when trouble came. So if I got up at 8 a.m., by ten a.m. the next day, I and usually I'd be in sleep by well, and you also you always get o'clock. the second
3: win. Like it comes through, always, that for sure. powers you. For sure. I even like, you know, with all these shifts, the 30, 45 minute nap, like that little reset, yeah, does wonders. It does. A 30 minute nap you. is
1: outstanding. Yeah.
3: Now you start pressing for me. Between
1: 20 and 40 minutes is good. I go beyond 40 minutes, that's a problem.
3: Okay, then you're really asleep, and your body's like, yes. no, 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 no we, let's stay asleep.
1: You're not refreshing. You are right. sleeping. Right, right, right. And that's a problem. And then the other day, so we had a tournament down in, um, where the hell were we, Millstone on Saturday and supposed to be Sunday, which got rained out. Um, but Saturday was hot. And we were out there. We played a doubleheader at 8:30, and then we played again at 11. And by the time we got home, and it was like 95 degrees out, even at 11 a.m., it was really warm and humid. We probably got home about 2:30. By th- my younger son never takes naps. By 3:30, he was passed out on the couch. Seven o'clock, he was still sleeping. And we're like, do we wake him up or is he? I said, I said to my wife, I'm like, he might be out till tomorrow morning. Like that's how much. He had a, he didn't get a lot of sleep the night before, which he's used to a lot of sleep. And on top of that, the heat and the exhaustion. So we woke him up at 730. He got up for about 45 minutes, had dinner. And then, do you guys mind? I think we'll go to sleep. Like, no. And he went back upstairs and slept from 9 to noon.
3: I had that happen once when I was in, I think I was still in high school. Got home for something like long mm-hmm. weekend. Slept from like 12. Thought I was going to take a little nap, go to bed. Woke up. It was dark out. So I knew something was wrong either way. You know, clock clock says 6 o'clock. I'm like, all right, which one? Because it felt like, yeah, I probably could have slept through to the other one. Turns out it was still p.m. Woke up, same thing. Ate dinner. After like an hour, like, you know what? Going back to sleep and slept until school the next morning.
1: That happened to Al just last week or two weeks ago where he fell asleep earlier than normal. He he usually tries to lay down a little after 8. He was so tired he fell asleep at 6.30ish, he figures, and woke up, the dog woke him up at 8. And it was light out and he thought he missed his alarm and it was eight o'clock in the morning right because he felt like he had gotten a whole night's sleep and it was an hour and a half oh yeah no which is so weird so coming up in a couple weeks i'm going um my vacation this year is going to be through texas um specifically for the beach uh for a few days but we're going to go to houston and arlington to see an astros game and a rangers game so everybody's happy we've got the beach for my wife for three or four days I've got a couple of baseball games, which enticed my. I could not believe my older son wanted to go on vacation with us again, and I don't think he would have until I mentioned the fact that we were going to do an Astros game and a Rangers game. Right,
3: he's at the age where you just want to stay home with the friends yeah. all summer, right? And do
1: his own thing. But when I said that, he was he was into it. And then my other son, as long as there's a pool and he likes going to the games, he's good. Uh, so it's kind of a trip that works out for all of us. But so I was looking at, we're going to see Houston and Arlington. And when I look at all the stadiums I've seen so far, I've seen most, if not all, of the outer parts of America. Now, I haven't been to Seattle. I haven't been to Anaheim or Oakland. But I think I've gotten almost all of them other than that. I haven't seen middle America. You are a big sports guy. How Are you into seeing the different stadiums or arenas, or not really?
3: No. no, Arenas, no. uh, But the baseball stadiums, yeah. It's funny. Like, I don't think I would want to do it for football. I'd love to just go see a bunch of football games. Okay. But then it's always, you know, baseball, it seems fine. You know, you go miss a Met and Yankee game, whatever. It's one of 162. I have no interest in going to another NFL stadium while my team is playing. Agreed. I completely agree. Uh, And the baseball stadiums, it just seems like there's more definitely history with some of the older parts. They're more unique. There's something like the... The playing field itself. There's mm-hmm. something different in every stadium. I mean, I've been to the ones locally, but last year going to California, Dodger Stadium, and seeing the Angel Stadium, Petco Park, like Dodger Stadium, yeah. I was wowed by. So was I. How well be, did you go after the renovation?
1: Uh, I was. I, so I don't know. I was. I was there in
3: you. In you 2018. Would know. You would know because the whole concourse, like before you go into the stadium yeah. part it felt like you're at City Field, Yankee State, any of these newer parks with the modern technology and the food, all of it felt brand new. And then you go inside and it felt like you're sitting in a stadium that goes back, you know, yeah. till 50 th- years, they added a scoreboard, yeah. the rest of it in 60 years now.
1: Yeah. And no, it's, uh, I, at that place, the same, I had that childhood feeling walking in and seeing the green grass and seeing Dodger stadium and the palm trees behind the scoreboard and Seeing where you know Gibson's ball went, and it just—they even was have a museum now
3: on the concourse. Dodgers history, a Negro Leagues museum. I mean, they cover—they okay. cover everything. You know, I obviously don't know. Jackie Robinson is all over the place. There, that but they I remember. Every, Tommy Lasorda. Again, they have it. I don't remember a museum though. There's two of them now. There's two of them. Okay, I don't but, remember that. I mean, and again, that. they're not huge, but they're like decent sized yeah, exhibits. Yeah, yeah. All the a, retired numbers.
1: And that's the place. I told Al that's the place I lost my car, the rental car. Could not find it. After the game. And it was, you know, it was a, I think it was a Friday night game or a Thursday night game, whatever. It was July 4th, though, whatever night, it might have been a Tuesday for all I know, but it was July 4th, huge fireworks display afterwards where they allowed us on the field, which was a perk. I never anticipated that when they made the announcement in the seventh inning that fans, uh, when you were uh, line up as soon as the final pitch or final out is recorded, line up down the right field line. You are not allowed on the infield, but you can make your way to the outfield. I'm like, wait, what? Like we can go hang out on the field. All right, to I can go onto
3: the grass at Dodgers Stadium.
1: Amazing. So much fun. The so problem though fun. was
3: just going to a game where people were staying afterwards, because I went to a normal Dodgers game against the Mets yeah. by the seventh inning. Every Dodgers fan was gone. It was just City Field not... West. Mets fans were cheering and then And that's easy probably enough, why I knew The, par- didn't, the I tough didn't... part was getting an Uber afterwards because everybody oh, else sure. was from out of town. The parking lot itself was empty. I did not have that experience and probably because of the fireworks. Like no one
1: left early. No one was late. Like, that was a game my entire vision and thought and everything I had heard about the Dodger fan was the complete opposite that game.
3: Right, late to arrive, early to leave. Everyone was there We've early, and that. no one left. See, mine. a lot of people left. People showed up on time, though. They were giving away Gil Hodge's bobblehead okay. and honoring him before the game. So I think a lot of people wanted to be the Both the Dodgers fans and the Mets yeah, fans. Yeah, sure, wanted it. Yeah, it makes sense. All right, so
1: take Dodger Stadium out of the mix now because you have the same feeling about it that I do. What would be your favorite three that you've seen? I'm just curious if there's any I haven't been to because I gotta I gotta start adding to the list. Petco Park, okay. absolutely. Everyone has. I was there too. Uh, awesome
3: Phillies. I haven't been to Pittsburgh yet. See, I feel like that would. I was would there, make but the not list.
1: for a game, so I don't know that it counts. I was there, walked around, and it's very open. Like you see in, you can see the field. It's kind of cool. They got all the statues outside, Clemente and Starge. is very neat. Um, so I would like to go to a game there. I heard you say, Phil, Citizens
3: Bank Park is phenomenal. It's beautiful. And I hate it's, to say that. It I know, right? So I hate nice. to get And now that park's probably close to 20 years I remember going there for the first time in 2004. So it's at least 19 years old. And it's amazing. Still, same still. thing with Petco Park. When I went there last year, they said it opened in 2006. You could tell me, hey, this park opening wow. opened this year, opening day. And I would say, yeah, okay. That feels Petco, right.
1: See, and we did
3: the tour at Petco actually. We did the whole stadium
1: tour there. I don't remember I didn't realize it was that old. But yeah, it's interesting.
3: Yeah, it was before City Field. And then Camden is. I so I haven't been to Fenway yet or Wrigley. I was hoping to go this year okay. when the Mets were there this weekend didn't work out. Uh but I've been to Camden a few times and love Kenton, that Camden Yards is great.
1: And I know they're going to try and um redo the entire area and there will be renovations to the
3: stadium too cuz they feel like it's old and is not keeping up. I think it is keeping up. I think it's outstanding. Yeah, I haven't been there in a few years, but I didn't think anything outside of felt. out there. Now, five, ten blocks away, sure, so maybe they're just trying to expand the yeah, nice maybe. area around the ballpark. Maybe. But in the immediate vicinity, I think it's beautiful. What about San Francisco? You ever got there? No, not yet. All right,
1: so the two that you're missing, well, not that you're missing, but the two you need to go to for sure. Wrigley, yes, and I know that I've not never been there either. But I have been to San Francisco, and I have been to Fenway, and— the San Francisco one is as beautiful in person, if not more, than it looks on TV.
3: Right? That's what everybody Just says. Awesome. Like, I know Sal went there last oh, year. was talking about how great it was. I, I'm hoping now with the balanced schedule, there's like really good road trips that they make available where yeah. they'll send the Metro Yankees to St. Louis and Kansas City back to back, or they'll you play both, both Chicago teams. In the same week. That
1: would be actually very cool.
3: Right. One city. Or even, you know, Boston, stadiums. Toronto in a row that you drive yeah. up, then you go to the other. Well,
1: how far is Toronto from Boston? I only flew there the one time I went there.
3: Probably a distance that my
1: wife would rather fly. Um, but no, I mean, if you went, if you drove to Boston, stayed there a couple of days, then would you say the the drive from Boston to uh, Toronto is like that
3: bad? Maybe five, six hours. Like, I know yeah. Boston's further east, but you've already made a lot of the trek up north. I would think so. So anyway, so
1: I was in San Francisco. The The... Fenway one you got to do just because I think it's not I think you walk in and you as much as LA feels like you're back in yesteryear to a certain extent it is nothing compared to walking into Fenway Park once you go through the turnstiles and everything is so incredibly old and rustic and small and it is you feel like it is 1935.
3: I mean, the only stadium I will have ever been that felt anything like that is probably the old Yankee Stadium. Because even yeah, sure. Shea in certain areas sure. didn't feel like that small and, like, tightly condensed. Yeah. It's probably just the old Yankee Stadium.
1: That is, yeah, it is, it's a place that it's, it is worth the ride up, even for just a game. Like, I went with my dad. We drove up, played golf. Like, we went in the morning. We stopped somewhere in Massachusetts where I got a tee time. We played golf at 11 a.m. We left at 3. We only played 16 holes because we had the game at 7. We got we let, walked off the 16th hole, got to our car, got to the hotel, and then got to the stadium by like 6:30, and then came right back the next morning. Perfect.
3: I've not been outside Fenway. Well, yeah. we went as a uh, we had a wedding. We went as a kid, my dad took me outside, which almost I was like eight years old. It felt worse to see the outside and not be and not in. be able to go inside. And then we're like we went to the Cheers Bar, went inside that. I was like, great, no idea what this is, do right. not care. That was now I'd enjoy it. Back then, didn't care. So
1: when I was doing Columbia and Sal was my partner, we drove up together one morning. And you've probably heard this story. When we... St- he, I don't know why we went there. I think we had time to kill. I think we got up early at the hotel and we didn't want to go to Harvard so, so early. Like, oh, just drive by, see what Fenway looks like, take a couple pictures, whatever. And I had been there before. I don't think Sal was. And we parked right by one of the stadium stores right across the street from the... I guess it was the monster side that was the that side of the stadium where the green monster is and a guy parks right in front of us and it turned out to be the red sox historian sees us taking pictures he's like you guys look like two nice fellows you guys want to come in I'm like what and he's like i'm so-and-so used to be a writer too i forget what his name was used to be a writer though and retired to go work for the red sox and he gave us a tour of the entire place for like two hours we got Get to go on the field uh, we didn't get to go on the field because they were redoing the grass. They were redoing re- the infield. I can show you pictures. They are putting new sod in, but took us through the press box. We stood up on the green monster, took pictures from up there. It was awesome.
3: That's awesome. I'm somebody who, like, I've done the outfield seats at City Field, and I can't stand them. The, first, the one and only time I did it willingly, another time I was gifted tickets and kind of had to go, I was sitting there, and there's always this buildup, oh, it's so great, it's so great, and – you lose so much of the field, you can't see the scoreboard. It's like, this is terrible. But in a place like that, you I'd would. love to sit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because it's part of the experience, and it's something completely different. At Citi Field, put me in a regular seat.
1: Yeah, no, I, I I agree with you. So that leads me to my last thing. So part of this trip, I had to buy tickets to the games. Clearly, you don't want to sit in the outfield. I'm with you on that. Aside from first row
3: behind home plate,
1: give me a practical
3: seat. Well, i do my like so. My dad has season tickets for the Mets, yeah. the 300 level, which is – They say it's five, but it's really kind of three. So the middle level. Okay. Up the third baseline, just inside the third base bag.
1: Okay. You're good with that.
3: Yeah, perfect. That would be your favorite seat. It's up there. Like, I mean, where Evan sits, like, right behind the plate, 300 level is ideal. But this is. That's what I bought. Again, still. Okay. So when I try to travel, I do look for, like, that second or third level right behind the plate.
1: Okay. So that's what I ended up getting in Houston. And in Texas, I couldn't. The tickets were way too much. Uh, And I didn't want to sit all the way in the upper deck. I'm done with that. I wound up in Texas. We are sitting in the 25th row, first level, right around the third base bag. I thought
3: that was a decent seat.
1: But it's like the prices are just I'm surprised because...
3: Rangers and are good. This is this is from the team or from secondary no, market. No, there's tickets you
1: can anything on from the team. There's nothing available. The, like the Rangers are really good. Yeah, almost that. Not that's the brand problem, new, but it's Still kind of brand new. Face value for that
3: ticket probably wasn't so bad.
1: No, and the tickets I got were very reasonable. I would say the Astros tickets, which were basically that third level you're talking about, right behind on plate. I want to say I paid
3: for four tickets. I paid two sixty.
1: That's so about 70 oh, Part of the problem you
3: run into, because I've done this when I travel, too, like when I went to San Diego and L.A. Didn't do it for the Angels because I didn't care it was Angels Red Sox. Yeah. And they weren't good. And let me just walk in on a weekday and just get whatever I can get. But for the other ones, you don't want to risk, like, yeah, if you wait until the day of and buy them It'll on StubHub. Or sometimes sometimes you might get lucky and get something better, but you're traveling with your family. You can't leave that up to chance. No, no. I especially I need four
1: tickets, not two. Right, right. Or right. one. It's kind of like I bought these tickets for Pink and I it hit me yesterday. So I booked everything. Me and my wife are going for a couple of days just to see her in Milwaukee. And it's like I got the hotel locked up. I got the rental car. I got the air. We're all good. And she just like randomly said over the weekend, she goes, Well, by the way, where are we sitting? I was like, Oh, like I never got the tickets. And I remember Pretty important part. Yeah. I'm like, I just remember saying, Yeah, I don't remember. I'll check. I'll tell you. I'm like, I'm going to go buy them real quick. God darn it, these concert tickets are just ridiculous. Oh, for for
3: everyone everywhere. They're just, if it's an artist that is in demand a little bit. It's unreal. They're insane.
1: It really is unreal. You're talking
3: about hundreds and hundreds of dollars. Yeah. It it does remind me, there was one story I had for you, because when you guys were talking about BB Rexa and the text, something that hit me when I was reading that story yesterday was, if I was with somebody who is famous, Yeah. I would not text them anything. Just the risk that that one day could end up online. (laughs) Like, all our communication has to be in person, or like you guys are saying, I'll talk to you over the phone.
1: But don't you think that's worse for the celebrity, though, than for the regular person? Oh,
3: yeah. You know what? If you're a celebrity dealing with a regular person, I wouldn't do it the other way either. You're right. Either way, it's hard,
1: because once you post that, the followings are so big that you get crushed.
3: And it's something you don't realize until you read one of these stories, like how dangerous yeah texting can be yeah like just the kind of things you would say normally in a conversation whatever think nothing of it and somebody can come back years later and right and tone is completely wiped. nobody knows deaf. what you're saying they can take away the messages before and after maybe you were joking i mean a very it's scary a
1: very a great example is you tell me something funny and i'm like you suck right you know ha 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 as opposed to you suck you can't i mean aside from a couple of exclamation marks. Right, There's or you no even just tone. joke like,
3: you know, somebody makes something funny, and you go, ha, you you know, you're such an ass. And then somebody just isolates that, and you don't look so good anymore. No, no, and and you can't. The
1: other thing, too, I would say is you can't try to be funny when you're texting because people will read it not knowing if it's a joke. Even if you put the ha-ha or that LOL crap, whatever you, you use, you can be taken the wrong way.
3: Right, and I've even had that experience both sending the text and receiving it with somebody yeah. like the people who I know – the absolute best. So almost always, you know what they're thinking. And you still kind of can sit there and read curious. and be like, hmm. So true. I would say most
1: of the, mm, dust-up's not the right word, um, disagreements that I've ever had with people have been over a miscommunication over a text, where their spell check changed a word by mistake, couldn't tell the tone, and it looked a hell of a lot worse than it was, or I texted something, hit send, reread it, and be like, Ew. you know, it doesn't look great. And then you got to call the person immediately. And texting is just, uh, oh, it's great. It, it's like these phones. They're the greatest things in the pits all at the same time.
3: I was, uh like, thinking back to, like, you know, in old sitcoms, the the misunderstanding, mm-hmm. what, you know, whether it's phone messages, or, but mostly in person, just misunderstanding their words. This is the much less enjoyable version of that. Like, yeah. we we haven't evolved in that way. It's, like, devolved to no longer funny, just... Every single one is a chance to trip you up.
1: Yeah, 100%. And there's, at every turn, someone's waiting to take you down.
3: I think about somebody like, you know, Boomer or even you, like, every, like, you know, sorry to put this in your mind, but, you know, you guys send a text, like, the wrong person could just say, hey, you know what, one day, I'm just going to mess with this guy's life.
1: Oh, absolutely. Easy. Very easy. Wow. All right. Uh, tomorrow you will come in for me. You do the third segment with me tomorrow. Warm up show. Yes.
3: Assuming I am done with other responsibilities by All that right, time. All right. Well,
1: hopefully we'll hear you tomorrow. I know it's busy, but hopefully tomorrow third segment, um, you will join me tomorrow. So I am back on the warm up show tomorrow. Boomer and Gio back in the regular spot. Fliegelman and Eddie, and then uh, this morning it was uh, C Mac and celo So you've got the you get to see do the better see you this time. So that's the deal. Warm up show coming up now. Fliegelman will take you there.
3: See ya. A little, a little deeper. I'm, I'm really trying to avoid the voice crack from last time, so I'll do it one more time. So, sure.
1: better. Better.
3: Before we get started, I just
0: want to say, on behalf of every single Med fan out there, this is the Rico Bronya podcast. On
3: behalf of all of the people that were at Chase Stadium on that October night, on behalf of every Med fan that's watched this man pitch, let me just tell Adam Wainwright can you go f- yourself? <laughs> oh, wow.
0: Wow, you weren't kidding. You, were, you came in hot. Subscribe and listen to the Rico Brogna Podcast. Available on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Add WFAN to your contacts to talk New York sports with us at 877-337-6666.
3: Powered by Superbook
0: Sports. Visit Superbook.com. Good
2: morning, campers.
1: Al and Jerry. Don't worry, it's only an hour long, and most days it doesn't suck. Oh.
2: Happy Tuesday, or I guess unhappy Tuesday, if you're just waking up and uh, seeing the result of another hideous, ugly Yankee loss performance last night in Anaheim. Atrocious. I'm much told
0: I say atrocious. What I did
2: at 2 a.m. Atrocious. I'm a big yeah. atrocious guy as well. It's a good word. You got Mac and Lowe, day two of four for us this week. Back here on the warm-up show, in for Alan Jerry, you've got uh, Geo and Jerry coming up at the top of the hour on this Tuesday morning. And as we did yesterday, now this is this was not my plan today. It kind of happened organically yesterday, and happened organically again today. I'm not going to force feed this every morning that uh, Big Mac and I sit together. But I caught something there at the end of his overnight program okay. yesterday. It was sort of a voice that he did. So I think this is what I'll do. I'll play back a little snippet, let him hear himself, okay. because I've always <laughs> learned this over the years. The way I hear myself in my head yeah. versus how I hear it back on tape, whether it's yeah. audio, video, whatever the case may be, mm-hmm. is different. Yeah. So I need to know what exactly yeah, is going yeah, I, on. But I feel like okay. you know, you're putting me on trial. Like I feel like I have to defend myself. No,
0: no, 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 no trial. For what I've said, it's I just, like you got to listen to this, Chris, and then you tell me if you really thought that was the
2: best course of action at that no, moment. No, not the best course of action. I'm just, okay. I'm just curious in this case. Okay what's happening here, okay? okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's... <laughs>
0: that's... <laughs> oh, I love it. I think it's quite obvious what it. that is. That's, that's tremendous. That's, you know, that's me.
2: <laughs> 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 and we're off and that's running. That's me singing right Oh, there. good morning, yes, <laughs> yes. And we talked <laughs> yesterday. You do have a very good singing voice. Thank so no you. doubt about that. All right, so um, I caught much of your show. Mm-hmm. And... Needless to say, obvious people, the sort of uh, line in the sand from last night slash this sure. morning's game was the decision to walk or not walk Shohei Otani in the seventh inning. He ends up hitting the two-run homer off Michael King. Tie game, seventh. Angels win in extras uh, on a walk-off by uh, Michael Stefanik, yeah, the yeah. great Michael Stefanik, pinch hitter, bottom half of the tenth. Back-to-back walk-off losses for the Yankees and extras. Now... We're not going to spend the entire hour breaking all that down because you've already done that for the last three hours, correct? A lot of or the last whatever. Three hours, yeah, yes, exactly. So here's where I want to start. Because okay. that's a that's look, that's an, an obvious talking point coming out of this game. But when I look at the full picture, here's what I see. Oswald Peraza picked off following a leadoff walk, mm-hmm. four walks on base five times, scores one run. Seventeen strikeouts for the team. Yep. One for nine with runners in scoring position, ten left on base. Stanton 0 for 5, 3K. Rizzo 0 for 5, 2K. Volpe 1 for 5, 4K. Three for his last 38. So we can make it about Otani and King and Boone as much as we want. They played a bad team. Another pitcher that I know nothing about who struck out 12 guys and threw 120 pitches, and they lose
0: another game. Yeah, no, add him to the list. Add him to the list of the guys. Griffin Canning. Griffin Canning, the guy, you know, the... Uh, the last handful of guys that have just shut down going from, you know, uh, uh, Jamison Tyone to the, 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 Gomber. I mean, I mean,
2: what are we doing? I even like
0: to throw, I I threw out Dean Kramer too. Like it's going back what they've done against starting pitching. It's the same thing we said yesterday. It is. The offense was atrocious. I said the word a lot. There it is. Bro, bro, it was, it was really bad. Now I do think if you watch the game, he did look like he had pretty good stuff. Fine. And and the ump did give him about an inch and a half off the outside plate to right-handed hit, uh, hitters. But that's no excuse for the at-bats. And And I harped on this one particular at-bat. And you gave a lot. First of all, Rizzo. If Rizzo can't hit a 3-0 fastball <laughs> down the middle, then there's a problem. Yeah. I have no problem giving him the green light.
2: You're trying to get him going. Sure. Like I have no, I don't want Rizzo to walk necessarily. No, I want which to... Did, what did he do in that? Was this a strikeout? Ended up no, a strikeout? Pop, popped it up. Was but, this the ball he hit kind of to the warning track and right, or this was different I don't, I don't think it was. Because there was one where he, no, gave, you the, it he gave you the one-handed finish yeah. where it looked like he no. thought he got it, and no.
0: it got almost to the track. No, this was much more of just a routine pop-up right. fly ball. I mean, he just looks lost. And then the other one was extra innings, Anthony Volpe. Yeah, I Anthony, saw this. Anthony Volpe has an 0-2 count. There's a runner on third with two outs and extra innings. All you need, all you need is a base hit. And he swings from his heels to the point where he trips over. He screws himself into the ground. <laughs> it looked like Babe Ruth swinging. Corkscrew. Like, I thought this was going to be. I thought we were going to change the approach. And I know Sean Casey's been there a week. Not even. I get it. But this is a kid open to being coached. This is not. When when they fired the hitting coach. What is he going to do for Stanton? What's he going to do for Rizzo? What's he going to do for LeMahieu? Well. I expected the one person we might be able to change the approach and start looking at differently is Anthony Volpe, who has been ice cold the last 10 days. What is he doing swinging from his heels 0-2 when all you need is a base hit to take the lead? It's it's mind-boggling. They're horrendous in big spots. Even Gleyber Torres, in the biggest spots of this game, he gets the one-sack fly fine. But he has a big strikeout. Double play, like, it just – and he's as hot as anyone. Yeah, a hits early. And, yeah. and then subtle things, too. Like, if you watch so, – this is just bad luck necessarily, but nothing works. Like, they have first and second. Stanton hits a long fly ball to, to left center field. The runners happen to be running on the pitch, right. so they're unable to tag up and getting to scoring position. <laughs> when it rains, like, pours, nothing works. And they're, it's just it's, – it's impossible to watch. And then you add now the new added uh, dilemma of the bullpen being garbage – uh, the, nothing is working right now, and it ruined from great things. Peraza five gets on base five times. Yeah, they
2: put him in the lead. They started him, let him Let's off. Let's go. Great. We,
0: that we, you're, you're suited there more than most. We probably, I think, th- a part of the process and uh, thought process was moving Torres down to actually have a hitter who's you know competent <laughs> yeah, at the moment right. in the middle of the lineup. So if you can put Peraza there, great. I think he's walked like twenty times in AAA. He walked four times in this game. It's wild. But I mean, it takes it takes away from that. It takes away from Severino actually yep. having a good start. <laughs> Nobody cares about that anymore. Nobody cares about that. Uh, the Peraza. All we care about is how anemic the rest of this offense is, the middle of the lineup in particular. And then, obviously, Aaron Boone is, you know, mind-baffling everybody who can who's ever seen a baseball game and watching Otani, which I have no problem with p- pitching.
2: Yeah, me. I mean, look, like I said, you did it a lot, so we don't need to harp on it because, similar to yesterday, I said I'd love to come in here and be able to really, you know, debate with you and get right. angry at each other and be – you know, throwing haymakers left and right and disagree. But I don't I don't have a huge problem with it. And funny enough, as I'm driving in and you were ending the 2 o'clock hour and Marco Belletti comes on with this 3 o'clock update and he plays the cut where they ask Boone about, did you consider walking him? And he's yeah. like, you know, very defiant about it, which is typical. Yeah. But then the reasoning behind it, and as I'm listening, I'm just like, well, that doesn't really make a lot of sense. And sure enough, you had the same reaction yeah. to the point where you come back and you played the same cut and yeah. then talked about it where he's like, well, you know, maybe if the runner got to second. I mean, it doesn't matter. There's two outs in the inning. Yeah. He's the tying run. Like, what, no. this, what the re- are we doing?
0: The reason you don't put Otani on is because he's the tying run. You, yeah. you bring the winning run to the plate. The that goal in that go-ahead run. But that, yes. Yeah, the, the, the go Excuse me, right? Yeah. It's only the seventh. So the go-ahead run, you don't want to bring the go-ahead run to the plate. For me, it's worst-case scenario. Otani hits home run, game's tied. You walk him in the fifth because if he hits the home run, it, it changes a, a scoreless game to a three-run deficit. That's yeah. why you walk him in the fifth. You don't put the tying run on base. That has nothing to do with where the runner is. The runner could be a third, second, first. I'm not putting the tying run on. So it's hard to when I try and defend Boone, And then he gives an answer on why he did what he did. (laughs) And it makes no sense. (laughs) It makes absolutely no sense. So, Uh, I mean, I think he did the right thing, but apparently he did it for the wrong reason. I I have no idea what to do anymore.
2: And look, it's another dynamic night for Otani. I mean, they couldn't get the guy out. I mean, and I know the one little, and this is nitpicking, I'll admit it, Mm -hmm. yourself and the callers, when you guys go, oh, King throws a fastball right down the middle. It was on the outer edge, but yes. With Too much stri- of the zone. You could see where Trevino was set up and the reaction from him. Too you much could of- actually hear the reaction from Trevino. Yeah, as I know. He dropped an F-bomb, yeah. and King basically, you know, didn't even watch it. But he basically had a better look at Otani's epic yep. bat flip, oh. Then he did the flight of the ball. He is,
0: it, he is special, though. There's just something yeah. about the way he sw- I mean, he's, he swings in controlled violence. I mean, it, it really is a, a beautiful thing with how hard he swings and how hard he hits the ball. And you know it's gone the second he touches off with it. It's just – it is frustrating. I get why everyone thinks you have to walk him because he's he's the most dynamic player in, yeah. arguably ever.
2: You said it, though. You were on Twitter. You know you saw nobody saying it before the hit-bat. Not this a single like person. This seems like the classic case. of. Classic. And, and your question to the callers of what would you have walked in, I thought that was the perfect way to sort of corner them in yeah. and see if they're hypocrites. Yeah,
0: because <laughs> he hits in the ninth, right? So right. if you're concerned, if the idea is you can't pitch to Otani – if a home run hurts you mm-hmm. well then in the ninth he's leading off the inning of a tie game if he hits a home run the game's over right so jack curry with all due respect love jack As brilliant guy yep. him and ryan rucco in the post game both said you know made it very clear you can't pitch to otani in the seventh and then also said well you got to pitch to him in the ninth that makes no sense yeah to me. I, I agree with that if you if if the idea is i can't allow him to hit home run that hurts me
2: you can't pitch to him yeah. at all in the ninth inning. And I'm sure people are going to say, well, you got a lefty there. It's Ramirez versus the righty right. king. But no. you made this point as well. It's like, you know, he gets ahead, and then you, you're going to try and get him out, get him to mm-hmm. expand. You know, you're supposed to kind of nibble if you end up walking him fine. It's not like he fell behind and he hits a 2-0 fastball no. out. out
0: you know? Yeah, and that was part of Boone's defense too. Well, maybe if he falls behind or right. on second, forget the second part. Yeah, if he goes out there and throws two poles in the dirt, then I just put up the four. But he got ahead one and two, and the same thing Ramirez. But the main difference between the seventh and the ninth was Nick Ramirez struck him out on three pitches. So no one has a problem. Sure. I mean, that's that's the bottom line.
2: Well, the way the Yankees are going right now, whether it's, you know, Otani or Stefanik or the immortal Alan Treo the day before. I mean, it doesn't matter. <laughs> CJ Crone, I mean, it doesn't saying. matter right I got now. Call,
0: I got callers telling me there's nobody else on the Angels that can beat you. I'm like, <laughs> I just saw a walk-off home run from a guy who has 140 at-bats without a home run. Right.
2: Like, everyone's beating us. What are you talking about? This is a pretty wild stat with Otani. He now has as many home runs in the seventh inning or later over his last 28 games, 12 of them, as any other player has hit total during that time. That's incredible. And it's something that's been done basically never. Yeah.
0: No, he's on some kind of tear. And he's he's just, he's an amazing player. There's no other way to put it. He's, you can sense the danger. Like you can literally sense how, you know, just where the way he's going right now, but I mean that's to me it's I think the your analysis of this was 100% on. To me it's still the offense. They they scored 3 runs yeah. and were struck out 17 10 times innings, right. against a pitching staff that was just completely torn apart yeah. by the Houston Astros.
2: Can't wait to see what Patrick Sandoval does tonight on the oh, mound. That should be fun. Yeah. Now the other thing uh and you were touching on this at the end of the show about you know people there they they hate the players but they hate Boone, they hate Cashman, everyone, everything's negative right now. Yeah. And I think, and, and I get your point about, hey, all they, they they every year it's like clockwork. They win 90 to 100 games. Mm-hmm. We went through it uh, a couple weeks ago with Jerry and Sal. And they were, Jerry was like, has it really been that long since they last had a losing record? And they're like, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. we, we've just grown accustomed to this. Sure. I think the the dislike and the fatigue with the Yankees right now, and I know I feel this to a certain extent, Yeah, it's not because I'm unaware that. We're spoiled and that they don't I mean it's like they don't win regular season. They're above five hundred right now, still even without judge. Yeah. So it's not that bad. Yeah. But I think it's because the team has the same feel mm-hmm. as it's had in these last few years where we've seen them fail yeah. time and time again when October's come. Now it's baseball. Some of it's random. Mm-hmm. You catch a team at the right time, you know, you get a big hit, you get a big pitching performance. I mean, right. there's some some luck and fortune involved in it. I get that but i think the the anger and the frustration is because no one believes that even right. if they get in yeah. anything is going to be different oh, this time around yeah no
0: I, I mean i i understand the frustration i'm frustrated i don't want to make it i don't want to make it sound like i'm not frustrated yeah. i am i just this is how i put it and and i i don't know how this makes you feel about me they win enough to not make me despise them <laughs> sure like, we're we just went through, Is you and I are both Giant fans. Yeah. Yeah, they, they've won a Super Bowl more recently than the Gi- than the Yankees have won a World Series. They were just the worst team in football for five years. I despised some of the people making decisions for the New York Giants. Sure. The Jets haven't been in the playoffs for 10 years. I think Jet fans despise the organization. It makes sense. The Knicks have been irrelevant for 25 years. There's reasons to despise James mm-hmm. Dolan and, and the different guys running the team throughout that time. Brian Cashman has consistently given us a season. The season's never done in August. The Met fans have had how many seasons done in August? 100%. I'm not satisfied, and I'm not ready to throw them parades. But they've done enough where I don't physically get ill thinking about them and looking <laughs> at them. And I feel like there is a difference, There, there yeah. is a, a, a contingent of Yankee fans who literally hear the name Brian Cashman and like you know start twitching and get so angry they can't think. Like that, I don't get. But I'm disappointed, and 100. percent They've made a lot of bad moves over the last couple of years. I, I I think when they from the Didi Gregorius trade to 2020 or 2019, I thought Brian Cashman had a hell of a run. Yeah, I I really did. I thought I, I think the Stanton contract has kind of changed now as they go along. But at the time for Sterling Castro, they got an MVP. Like it fell into their lap, they took it. Yeah. Um, the only they thing it's done is young players. They did a lot of different things.
2: The only thing the Stanton thing has done at times yeah. is, I think, backed them into a corner with some of their flexibility. No as doubt far as the lineup well, goes, 100. That was a risk they were willing to take. I, yeah. I really, I can't. I remember at the time feeling like, all right, it seems like overkill, but right. hard to argue and, with and it. Marlins the, picked up chunk of the contract. You know, okay. they also had
0: the same exact player in, in in Judge, so it it didn't feel like balanced necessarily. Yeah. You uh, but. Um, I just think from that time period, he was great. And then since then, I can't argue it, a lot of terrible moves. And to not address the offense in the offseason – To not go get a left fielder, to not make some kind of change other than bringing back Judge, I was frustrated with that too. And to watch this team continually play the same kind of high strikeout, which really hasn't been the same kind of issue much. It hasn't, actually. I know, We talked about
2: Volpe, even as he's gone cold here in the last, whatever, 10 days or so. Yeah. It wasn't so much the strikeout that all of a sudden last night, for whatever reason, and maybe it's just one of those nights. Yeah. But it's just hard to swallow against that team, against that pitching staff mm-hmm. to see the number be that high.
0: Yeah, and I think they, they, the Yankee fan feels there's a lack of accountability that players have been allowed to not perform well and continue, you know, the Hicks, the Donaldsons, uh, the people like that who are allowed to perform because, oh, I'm not cutting $10 million, I'm not doing this, which is fair in a lot of cases. But there's just a limit to the amount of anger I can have for an organization that consistently wins 95, 200 games, consistently wins divisions, Like, there's just a limit. I'm disappointed. I'm frustrated. I'm not above seeing these, both of those two guys, Boone, Cashman, get. I, I said it last year. Cashman's been here for 28 years or whatever it's been. They've won one championship so since 09. Forget any other argument. That's enough to move on. One championship since 2000. Yeah, one championship since 2000. Yeah. That's enough right there. If Hal made the decision that I think it's just time for a change, who could argue? I wouldn't argue. I just don't think they're screwed because they decided to give him a four-year contract. I do think <laughs> that Brian Cashman's capable. Right now it, it looks like it's this is a bad group and they're going to have to change it. But – if they decide they have to change it and break it down and completely change it, I don't think Brian Cashman's incapable of doing that.
2: Right. That makes sense.
0: That's how I feel.
2: Fascinating couple of weeks uh, ahead here as we Mm -hmm. lead into the trade deadline, see what they can or can't get done. All right, step aside, take our first break. We're going to get into Saquon Barkley a little bit as well now that we uh, have passed the deadline and that uh, is all done as far as the Giants and Barkley not getting a long-term deal done. So we will uh, get into that a little bit on the other side. You got and Lowe, warm-up show just off and running here on a Tuesday morning coming back here on The Fan.
0: Welcome, Welcome back. Tuesday- uh, sorry, I was going yeah. to go to Tuesday afternoon. You I was have letting Moody you blues blues.
3: jam
0: out over there. Enjoy the music. I'm Question. Why can't we never get an answer? Answer. That's what it is. Right? Question. Question. I knew it was the Moody Blues.
2: It sounded of like a the breaking news sounder there in yeah. at the, at the
0: beginning. I do we never get an answer when we're knocking at the door? I know this song. Questions. Clearly.
2: About hate I and not.
0: death and war.
2: I don't want to keep singing it. See you that You got to me, talk now because I'll that, just keep that singing it. That sounds much better than. <laughs> I like that version of uh, Big Mac a little bit better. Yeah. All right, Mac and Low, we're back on a Tuesday morning. Happy Tuesday to you. Uh-huh. Sorry to the Yankee fans out there, ourselves included.
0: I just we can get past it, but I do just want to thank you because I've been talking, you know, out into the atmosphere all morning, and I thought I was alone. <laughs> in my willingness to pitch to Otani, so I do want to just thank you. You've made me feel a whole lot
2: better. We are banding together. Yes, yeah. you and I are banding together, like thank you. Saquon Barkley and the notable running backs across the NFL, who yes. look like they're you know on the verge of like you know wanting to create their own union or something. I, I know. You got Barkley. They agreed to this. Yes, Derek Henry, Jonathan Taylor, yep. Najee Harris, mm-hmm. Christian McCaffrey, and Austin Eckler, who I know has been outspoken about this pretty much all off season, and honestly. Yeah. I, I feel for them. I get it. I understand. Because, look, here's, here's the bottom line. Saquon Barkley, barring something very unforeseen and unexpected that we've not seen since Le'Veon Bell, is going to play for the Giants one way or the other this year. Uh, it's just a matter of when he's showing up. We know what the tag number is now that the deadline yesterday has come and gone. No long-term agreement between both sides. We understand all of that. And I, I once again, this, has been, and this is not good for radio. I, I agree know. with you that I both sides – understand not pointing blame in either direction. Yeah. As Saquon said yesterday on Twitter, it is what it is. This is the system they're living under now.
0: Yeah. I, I thought that was actually perfect. It's yeah. a throwaway line. It seems that I way. I use but that it, line
2: all the time. But it literally is what it is. Yeah.
0: Like, I, they both had lines in the sand. They couldn't come to an agreement. I don't blame anyone. I understand why both teams had the lines in the sand that they had. The difference is the Giants are going to win no matter who crossed the line. Like, that's just the way it was going to go because they have this tag option. Right.
2: Now, here's, here's where it becomes sort of – interesting to me and I don't really know where they go and what's next. And you made the point of, well, they're going to have to address this in the next CBA. I don't even know when that expires or whatever the case may be, how easy that's going to be to do with the union, the two sides, all that. But what I'm wondering is, okay, fine. So the franchise tag is in play and it seems like teams are now really figuring out how to manipulate it when it comes specifically to the running back position Mm -hmm. and also the guy who gets taken in the first round because you got Fifth year option and then tag and then possibly a second, a second year. You're tag. talking about seven years. Yes. Take that away. If you put Saquon out on the open market this off season, yeah. with the way teams treat the position, mm-hmm. do we really think he would have cashed in that much more no. than the ten plus million dollars he's going to make on the tag? Uh, and th- and that's the bigger issue yeah. to me.
0: I th- I think maybe this year, but I don't know how much more. I mean. He probably gets a little bit more than the twenty two million guarantee yeah. or something. I mean it's negligible. Marginable. Yeah, Margin- I mean, it's, marginal. Yeah. It's marginal difference, it's probably, not, right? It's not crazy. No. I mean, listen, let's let's be honest, and I've made this point. Just every other position. I mean, the highest paid running back is McCaffrey. He signed that deal in 2020. Yeah. It's been three years since a running back has set the market.
2: Right. We see and, it almost every week. Every, the ne- we oh, newest it, highest paid guy running yeah. back or not running back, other position yeah. ever. Oh no, this guy. Yeah. Oh that guy. Not only that,
0: it was it was what justified the uh the um the, the Giants quarterback contract, the Daniel Jones quarterback contract was like, I know it seems like a lot now. Yeah. He's the, I know because everyone's like, is he really the fifth or sixth best you know quarterback in the league? You're paying him like that. Yeah.
2: Give it a few weeks. Give it a few <laughs> years. Oh, when this one
0: hits the market and that one hits the market before you know it, he's going to be the 14th paid highest quarterback and that's going to be a bargain. But in the end, but the running backs, forget it. I mean, who knows when that contract might not be hit again. We're seeing all of them. All the best running backs are on the tag getting restructured. I mean, the, the market is completely, just completely evaporated.
2: And, now, and I know that they, every time they sign these new, you know, TV or media deals, there's more money to be made. Cap goes up. So fine. The numbers are going to, similar to, you know, inf- natural inflation. Not no. what we've been going through the last couple of years, but just sort of in general, mm-hmm. you know, cost of living, all that. Um, but it seems like with the positions... It's cyclical, right? As the league changes because it's always a trend. Sure. copycat copycat league. So, yeah. you know, at one point it was maybe the cornerback, then there's pass yeah. rushers, edge guys, quarterback is an obvious one. But then it, there's usually a bubble at some point mm-hmm. where it kind of comes back down to earth. Yeah. The running back position's a weird one because, I mean, they are on good teams, usually integral parts, maybe not the focal point. No. But you not. need dynamic guys that, that are. Sure. At the height of their and with Saquon, because he's a versatile guy and he offers you so much in the passing game as yeah. well. Yeah. And I and I get I feel for these guys because it's too. like they're they're world class athletes. They're great players. They're mm. big contributors to what their teams are trying to do. Yep. And they do at some point basically just get spit out and and basically kicked to the curb. And I know in general that happens to the everyday average NFL player, right? right. The the career span is the shortest of all those major sports, if mm-hmm. I'm not mistaken. I believe you, right? But, you know, when we talk about these, not just the running back position in general, but these upper echelon guys, and it's like, it's such a small runway that they have. I mean, I don't know how you, I almost feel like that's going to have a trickle-down effect at some point at the younger levels. And in college, who's going to want to play the position?
0: Uh, that's, That's a fair point. I was, I thought Caller mentioned that to me at the end of the show. That's a fair point, because ultimately, yeah, you realize the NFL it's it's interesting, too, because you would think as we grew up, the best players, baseball was the shortstop and the pitcher. And for the most part, especially when we were young, young, before you could throw the football, I mean, the running back was the best sure. player. You grow up as being the best player, the running back, you touch the ball the most. Uh, I think these kids love playing in college. You obviously still have a great chance to be the Heisman Trophy winner, a lot of accolades. Yeah, and now with but, NIL, I guess there's yeah. still
2: an appeal from that yes. standpoint, but yeah. as you're looking to make the transition no to doubt. the NFL, no unless doubt. you're going to be a high no first round pick where those contracts are slotted, but we know mm-hmm. teams aren't big on Now you just had what Bijan Robinson went relatively high in this yeah. last draft, but and Barkley what but those are sort of the exceptions, not the rule. Yeah.
0: No, and and that's why I was against drafting Barkley second overall. It's it, it's also a young man's game to give a contract, however lengthy it may be, to a running back in it going into his sixth or seventh year, who's already been injury prone, already had an ACL injury. I mean th- that's risky. We see the NFL running back fall off the table. So when you draft a, uh, if it's one thing if you want to draft a running back at the top of the draft when he's the final piece or like but you can't roster build and you know start from the ground up, Drafting a, a running back because the, the whole point of it is to get him in his prime years, which are unfortunately the first three or four years of an NFL running back's career. So it's the it's the length of the career. It's the ability to find those players throughout the draft. I mean, I, we we can look no further than the team right here. I mean, I don't know if you can argue that Saquon Barkley's any better than Tiki Barber was at the time of Tiki's retirement. No, I mean, Tiki was phenomenal. It, maybe he's, he's as good, but monster, he's not monster. Monster. He's, he's not better. And the Giants lost them and replaced them with Brandon Jacobs, a fourth-round pick, and Ahmad Bradshaw, a seventh-round mm-hmm. pick. Excellent. And excellent, and won the Super Bowl. Yep, I mean, and we're better off for it. Not, Mixed not, in not a little uh, Derek Ward
2: <laughs> along the way. I mean,
0: yeah. I mean, it had it had a lot to do with. Uh, you know Eli Manning being able to grow and become the leader, and that was going to be hampered with by just Tiki being around. Jeremy Shockey's injury, I also think, played a role in that. He needed to become the leader to take over that team, and those two guys unfortunately just wasn't working that way. But at the same time, you see it up and down the league. All these guys are drafted later in the You know, it's just it's a position that even if there's dynamic players, it's a position you seem to be able to find guys who can adequately fill the role. And get you to the point where, mainly, you can make it through with a, a, a fairly good, competent running back who can pick up the blitz. And now, you can and you can make it through.
2: Here's the thing for me with the Giants right now. And, and you're right from the standpoint of, you know, they had the leverage because of the tag. And they can, you essentially, it's like in baseball, oh, controllable years. It's the same concept yeah. if, if you kind of break it down to brass tacks. But he is such a big part of what they do right now. No doubt. And to me... I don't think they have the heir apparent on the roster yet. I mean, maybe no. they do. They drafted a kid in the fifth round at Oklahoma. Who knows? But like, if you told me, you know, hey, Saquon's going to sit out the whole year, and you know, Matt Breida's your starting running back, the Giant offense is going to look a lot different than it does no with doubt. Saquon Barkley. No you know. doubt.
0: I and I, I, I think the Giants feel. I think we feel. I, I assume you feel that that's not going to happen.
2: Right. I I don't think there's no upside for him. There's no upside for him. It doesn't change. I don't think it changes his situation looking ahead to next offseason. No, and so,
0: I mean, and and I guess the fear is that, you know, some inside the clubhouse and inside the team are going to be disappointed. You know, you talk like we're a family. You talk like we're this, and then you don't take care of the guy who's been our heartbeat for the last two years. And I understand that, but ultimately they're professionals. And this is my main point with the whole thing. Now is the time to just absolutely trust what's going on with the Giants. What they did in a one-year span is remarkable. So I trust Joe Shane, and I trust Brian Dable And I trust Joe Shane to either come up with a contract he was comfortable with or, or do this and let him play on the tag. And I trust Brian Dable to keep the locker room together. I really do. Like I feel so good about where they are from a leadership standpoint that I don't think an unhappy Saquon is going to tear the season apart, and I think he's going to play. But you're right; if he decides to sit out the whole year, or even a couple of handful right. games, yeah. they're off, especially early on. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, they added Waller, they added uh, you know different guys through the draft at the wide receiver position. Daniel Jones, you're hoping makes the next step, but part of that is to have the safety blanket of Saquon Barkley. But that's why, as a Giant fan, I feel like they're going to get that. And they're going to be limited on risk giving a running back a long-term deal. So yeah. I, I don't – I think it's it's fine if I'm – either way, I would have been fine
2: with the contract. I'm fine with this. A couple things you mentioned, um, you know, inside the locker room, taking care of the guy. I mean, it's not like they said, hey, we're tagging you, and that's the end of the story. It certainly sounds like there were offers made here, and they weren't slap in the face offers. So I no. think that there was respect extended from that standpoint. And you just referenced the – All the cleanup that they had to do over the course of the last year or so, now they're not in cap hell, but they're not exactly flush with it as well. So I think under different circumstances, they might have said, okay, you know, we'll throw you a few extra, you know, we have that flexibility right now. But this is still an organization, franchise, roster that's coming out of the depths of where things were a year ago when Dave Gettleman left. So yeah. there, I mean, I get it. The cap; these things can be fudged and manipulated. It's almost like there is no cap if you really have, think about it.
0: I mean, what the Rams were able to do last year. I mean, they give Cup the huge contract, they give Donald the huge contract, they give Stafford money, and they end up sixteen million dollars less under the tag. Yeah, I
2: mean, <laughs> they're very top heavy now, though. Yeah, if you that's, look, no you know, true. I'm so, not saying it's the best way to go. Obviously, took about a step back last year. We'll see what yeah, happens. This I'm not
0: year. saying it's the best way to go of building building, building yeah. a team necessarily, but I'm saying the numbers can be fudged. yeah yeah oh yeah. they definitely they can, can be fudged. there's a lot of ways
2: yeah. around that uh I think there's more flexibility and yeah. the you know, as far as uh, and the
0: Giants have contracts coming up let's be honest Andrew Thomas is arguably a top three left tackle you know which one he's gonna make yeah I mean he's gonna make, make room of, for these guys. You gotta make room for these guys. They're gonna that that contract's coming quick and they just paid Jones.
2: It is very tricky. Uh, so we'll see. You know, we've got rookies, the giant rookies are reporting today, and then you got the veterans not far behind. The Jets, I believe, are tomorrow. Mm-hmm. So in short order here, uh, we're gonna have some uh, some football practice on our hands, which is cool. Did I see that hard knocks that the Jets are gonna limit? I,
0: I think I saw the story that the Jets are going to limit access, unless I got fooled by as one of these as- fake accounts.
2: Uh, I don't know if you to saw the this. cameras? Yeah. Or? That I did they, not see that. I, I thought the I saw... would probably know on that. Yeah, I think I saw that. They, I, I saw that.
0: They do not believe that showing players being released is humane. And so they, you will not see those in, inside the, uh, the room when they cut. Bring your playbook or now yeah. bring your tablet. Yeah, whatever. Bring your tablet. Yeah. Coach wants to see you. They are not going to show that okay. on this because the Jets have, you know, I guess opinions on what's
2: reasonable and what's, you know, unfair to these guys. Well, I guess in this year there's enough other storylines to keep you entertained that maybe, you know, the guy who's fighting for that 53rd spot on the roster, the practice squad, maybe they can kind of push that to the side. But you're not that
0: hard knock. So they they pick one or two that have an interesting backstory and they follow them. And it it ultimately ends with, you know, getting cut. But hey, you're really good. Yeah. And what you've shown here.
2: You put it on tape. Everybody's paying attention. That's right. Other teams have seen (laughs) it. You know, we'd love to have you back on the practice squad if it doesn't work out somewhere else. Yeah, Yeah, Exactly. And then that's the same guy as the season goes along, gets, you know, shuffled back and forth. Right, exactly. He's cut. He's waived. He's on the practice squad. He's elevated. He's this. He's that. Yeah. So I did see, though, that they uh, sold out the open training camp practices and, like, Seconds? Did
0: they really? I don't know how many tickets were Listen, made available.
2: Fleaks, did you get in on any of those? You go to any practices, training camp?
3: No, I saw it sold out in three minutes. But three I minutes, oh,
2: there. so I was wrong on seconds. And right,
3: like All you right. said, I don't know how many tickets. It's you no, know, it's not eighty thousand seats of MetLife. No, yeah,
2: it's no. not. They usually have basically some some risers on one side of the field. So I would say they, if it was like in years past when I was still covering the team, uh a couple hundred.
3: And they're releasing them in bunches, like certain dates. So that was only the first few days.
2: Yes, they have more dates coming up. Yes, mm. I did see that as well. It's like right.
3: getting Taylor Swift
0: tickets, it's that hard, huh?
2: Yeah, pretty much. Fleek knows all. Fleek
0: <laughs> knows all about That's that too. Well. I know
2: big Taylor. Swift I mean, guy. listen,
0: the Jets are sexy. When was the last time the Jets are sexy? When was the last time everybody wanted to leave? Probably the last I time mean, they were on hard. Knocks. I mean, when's the last? I know Evan was saying it forever uh, in the afternoons. When's the last time they played a Sunday night football game? It's true. I mean, it's true. Yeah, it's so a like, long time. And, you know, the idea that fans are like, you know wringing their hands, thinking, oh, my God, the cameras, it's too much. I just want to have a nice, quiet little, and then just go about my winning. Like, I, I think that's crazy. You just saw up Joe Benigno in a nutshell. Yeah, no, yeah. I, w- I would embrace every moment of the idea that my Easy team is Easy for us one to say the,
2: on the other side.
0: I guess. I guess. Yeah.
2: I, I would like it. I would love for the Giants to be on Hard I'm looking forward to it either way. So we got football right around the corner, which is good, because who knows with these baseball teams. And the other one after a day off we will get underway with an interleague series tonight, the Mets and the White Sox. Talk a little bit. Mets will set the uh, table for you the rest of the week for the Mets here. Coming up on the other side, Mack and Lowe to the top of the hour. And then it's Gio and Jerry on a Tuesday morning on The Fan. thought nice. maybe we were bringing that one back cold for a second. Nice. There's a song called
0: Hey Bulldog, which is kind of just the Beatles really messing around. But even when they mess around, they, they put great stuff. Now, why would you
2: say it's just them messing around? Because it's think it's a real, Hey Bulldog. I think, it
0: was, I think it was part of the um, Yellow Submarine recordings, and they kind of just had some fun. It's like Hey Bulldog. You know, the throw the away, just are, yeah. toss it in there, jamming. Yeah, yeah I think it's jamming. It's actually um, Dave Roll's daughter's favorite Beatles song. How about that? I, uh,
2: How'd you come across that little Nugget?
0: Um, Dave Grohl mentioned it in something. Huh. He did like a whole thing on Ringo because he was obviously the drummer for Nirvana. Yeah, yeah of course. Uh, so he, they did like this whole thing for Ringo's birthday. This is the best part. You can talk to me. You can talk to me. It's actually a good rejoin for the...
2: If I like you're this. lonely, you can talk to me.
0: Never heard this one. I'm going to have to use that. I like that. It's a good way to get calls. If you're lonely, you can talk to me. Call and yell about Aaron Boone. <laughs> um, but, yeah, so I, he was doing a thing on Ringo because Ringo's disrespected, quite honestly.
3: Disrespected? Yeah, okay. yeah,
0: because obviously he was, I don't know how to put He's the least talented of the Beatles, but that yeah, doesn't yeah. make you... That's and a his, very
2: high bar. And his
0: drumming skills aren't, <laughs> yeah. you know, he wouldn't... <laughs> he's disrespected, and you just called him the least talented. Well, of the Beatles. Yeah, I know. But, like, he's still a great drummer, and he's not the most proficient. Like, if you just said, hey, Ringo, give me a solo, and you put him up against, you know, Keith Moon and some of the other great drummers, Neil Peart of uh, Rush. Like, you put him up against some of the other drummers in rock history, yeah. Ringo if, had one drum solo. Yeah, one drum solo in um, the end, and uh, but... If you like sit and attempt to k- write a song, and you want the perfect drummer for the feel of that song, Ringo's phenomenal. He's right. he's he's the best timekeeper. He's and a glue guy. He's a feel drummer. Oh, he's a glue guy, major glue guy. But he's not, <laughs> you know, he's not he's not gonna wow you with that makes his sense. amazing ability.
2: One of my early concerts as a young and Ringo star and the all or Ringo no. star and the and his all star and band. his all star yeah. band. Sure. Yeah. Wow, look at the you. The old Grand Funk Railroad was in there. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good that's concert. Good stuff. Yeah, no, I've, I've I'm not the biggest
0: concert guy there. I've seen Paul a bunch You're Not My, the biggest concert guy.
2: Yeah, I don't know why. I don't know. You love music. I do very much though. So. Live music. Yeah. See, I have. There are some. There are some bands and art. Yeah. Well, look, like, like you pay a lot of money to go to any event these days. I know. I li- I'm a music guy, and there are some bands and singers that I like mm-hmm. that I've seen in concert, and yeah. I won't say I lost respect for them, but it's just right. like, yeah, okay. Yeah. But, and then I see others that just blow me away. At sure. Our, like, they, how good they were live couldn't be captured on a recording. Yeah, that I makes guess. sense? No, of course. I guess so. so. Yeah. yeah, that was my first ever concert. Yeah. As we go way off the beaten path here. Sure. It was a double, uh, like, basically a double feature. Okay. George Therogood and The Destroyers and ZZ Top. I was eight years old. You're a big ZZ
0: Top fan. My parents yeah. took They were
2: like, yeah, right, we'll take Amazing. him. I'll never forget this. <laughs> I was playing, you know, Little League Baseball. I think it was like a Saturday. Right. Had a terrible game. Okay. Pitch, pitching machine age, you know? Yeah. And I think I like went 0 for 3 with three strikeouts. Was miserable yeah, after yeah. the game. we get in the car. Yeah. I was living in Northern Virginia at the time, so we drive to USA Arena, which was in Maryland. And they take me to see this show, and I had a great time. Meanwhile, (laughs) my parents were mortified. There were people smoking weed right near us, strippers up on the stage, an eight year old kid in the crowd. I was totally oblivious to all of it.
0: Had a blast. Yeah. There you go. Uh, Yeah, my first one was uh, Bon Jovi at Jones Beach.
2: That's pretty good. I've seen Bon Jovi a few times. That's a good show. And we went with
0: my buddy, all of our friends, and his parents, but we were a little bit older than eight. I think I was probably like, I don't know, maybe 10 or 12 or something. That's a good one.
2: Yeah. Saw Bon Jovi in a C. Saw him at New Giant Stadium, short or sorry, MetLife Stadium, I should say. I think at the time it might have been when it first started. What was it, Meadowlands, New Meadowlands right. Stadium? Right right, 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 right. Yeah, it was like one of the yeah no, first he put on a great show few shows that they did. Yeah, yeah that was good stuff. But, good stuff.
0: Yeah, good stuff. I also yeah. have a memory of being miserable. After I, I, the opposite actually, I had a really. It was a travel baseball team, and I had a. I think I had a good game. and I think we won. And we were driving home, and I'll never forget it. We were in Gaspar Tumanello's father's car. We were driving home, Gaspar. and I'm trying to get home. That's t- a
2: person's name.
0: Yes, Gaspar. Um, Gaspar Tumanello. His last name was Tumanello. <whistles> yeah, it's a yeah. mouthful. Yeah, Gaspar. <laughs> <laughs> he would climb the fence. The guy was great. But so we're coming back. We're in the car, and I'm we're listening to it on the radio, and I'm dying to get home to watch the end of the Nick playoff game. Summertime. Get home. We got to get home. Come on. We're, I'm driving. I want to watch the Knicks at this time. Who's not in 90, you know. Sure. 95. Pete Knicks. Now you're gonna, I'm going to get in trouble because the game's famous. I think it's 95. But I just get home. I open the door. I turn on the TV, and I literally just see Patrick Ewing. You oh, missed the finger the, roll. The, yeah. Like, I, I literally just walked in the door to catch it. And I'll, I remember being so— Ruined your day. It ruined my day. I, I didn't see the game. I walked in just to see— then blow it it was it was it, i for whatever reason whenever i think of like days of like the travel league and then doing things around that time i always remember that day
2: funny how things stick with us yeah impressionable years we yep. have a lot of storage space left oh. in our brains to hang on to those things for many years yeah. so if you asked me who the yankees played last week couldn't tell you 100 i said we were going to talk mets and we ended up talking music and content uh, more interesting and now we probably have to take another break right Eddie? indeed indeed uh, So let's do this today. I skipped it, but it feels like a warm-up show now. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Odyssey Sports Minute with Amy Lawrence. You want to take a stab at uh, her topic for today?
0: I have no idea.
2: It's definitely not New York based because it's a national. I was going to say,
0: yeah, I was going to say the running. My guess was going to be running back, and the the idea that the running back position Mm. is so devalued. It's going to be my not not a
2: terrible guess. Okay, you're in the right ballpark. How's that? Okay, right. Take it away. (laughs) It's the dynamic duo of Al and Jerry,
1: the superheroes of WFAN. Except
2: smack and low today as we wrap up our Tuesday warm-up here. So real quick on the Mets who get back in action tonight against the White Sox. I know everyone says they're dead and they shouldn't buy. They should sell. and Maybe they will. Who knows? We've got how many series left to the All-Star break for them? Or the uh, trade deadline, rather. Four. White Sox, Red Sox, two with the Yankees, four with the Nationals. Correct. What do they have to go Ugh. in order for you to say, hey, you know what? Deadline, let's bring aboard some new pieces here and take a run at this wild card. There's but, seven out in the loss right, column right now. 12. They, they have to go... Three, 6, eight, 12, yeah. Uh, 10 and 2? Yeah. 9 and 3 minimum. That puts them back above 500. Obviously, yeah. you don't know where they're going to be in the standings, depending yeah. on what other people do. Yeah, they no, went they gotta, 10 they and go 2, would they have you believing again that it's possible to make a run? No. Not only are they seven out in the wild card, you've got the Cubs, yeah. the Padres, the Reds, the Phillies, that's and the, the Marlins. That's the issue. And really, the Diamondbacks, because the Marlins and the Diamondbacks are... Yeah pretty much steady even the percentage point yeah. difference, but basically the same situation there. Yeah. It's a lot of teams to run down.
0: It's a lot of teams to run down. And I, yeah, I wouldn't buy it. I, I mean, listen, 10 and two is a good run. You'd have to show me how they did it. And if it's with, you know, good starting pitching and a bunch of run, like if they just ran through it, like Got a hot, hot knife through butter. Yeah. I mean, maybe, but you're right. There's a lot of teams in front. And right now I just don't see it being plausible. So it's tough to talk about. Sure. If if we see it and somehow they find themselves, you know a reasonable amount away, and there's less teams in front, but I, I don't think I, even that, I don't think the Mets buy. There's a chance the Mets don't sell, but I don't think there's a chance the Mets are actually in the market to buy.
2: I, w- I wasn't all that jacked up for the first round of the Subway Series this year Yeah. and oh. these games. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, look, WFAN WFAN FM WFAN FM HD1 New
0: York, always live on the free Odyssey app.